hey you. I want to share with you something that I genuinely think will transform your life and your business, to be honest. HDX is open from now until May 17 with a few special bonuses. Join before May 11 and get my eight-week Purpose and Abundance course completely free, which is $888 worth of value. And if you join before May 17, we're actually going to give you $999 off our upcoming Mexico retreat. I mean, how good a freaking deal is that? And if you join before May 17, then you'll be in time for two amazing bonus classes this month in HDX with my personal business consultant, Nikki Rowley. Now, this is the woman that has helped scale my business significantly in the last year or so, and I am sharing her with my HDX community. She'll be teaching on how to grow and scale for business and what strategies and structures will actually get you there. She will also host a bonus business Q&A, which means you can actually ask my consultant anything you want to ask her about growing and scaling your business. This is an opportunity that could transform your life and your business, so don't miss out. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I want to introduce you to our latest Millions of Millionaires sponsor for the podcast. Hey, and let's be honest, I'm not really introducing you to anyone new. She's one of my all-time favorites, Liz Zamorski. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's so good to be back. I love all of your listeners, and I'm so excited to be part of this program. So as you all know, the program, the sponsorship program for the um, podcast is really all about creating as many really well-supported entrepreneurs out there in our industry, helping people to raise their frequency, to heal their trauma, to really start to create heaven on earth. And of course, Liz, wow, you are such an important part of my team that gets me to where I'm going. Um, You know, we work together every month um, and you do a forecast for me. And it's been so powerful. Like, When we did the full year one, you talked about me hiring, starting to hire my team in April. Sure enough, I've just hired my first um, marketing person. So we've got Taylor and Brittany who's just joined. But I think one of the things that I find really powerful with your work is that, you know, like I am a pretty powerful MG. Um, I can smash through just about anything to get where I want to go. Um, but one of the things that I really struggled with is moving from a corporate environment where I was so structured, I knew what my goals were, I knew how to get there. And if I didn't, <clears throat> there was always a resource team, there was something that I could do. And being an entrepreneur and, and working in this space, 
it's all about building my my trust in myself. And I feel like all the work that I've done with you has really helped with that because things are going on in my life or I'm thinking about it. And as an MG, I'm like, I need something external to respond to. And so many times when I've worked with you, it's like just hearing this confirmation come out of your mouth. I'm like, how would you even know that that's going on? So do you want to talk a little bit to how you really help and support people through your work? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I love supporting you. I love being a part of your team, especially every month and the journey that we can go on together to really get that clarity and confirmation that you need. And that's really how I work with people is many of my clients, most of my clients will come in and they are women just like you who really stayed on the path. They stayed in their lane. They worked their way to the top. They know how to already set goals and achieve them, but it's about finding that alignment. We sometimes get to the top of the mountain. This is what I call my 10 of wands moment in the tarot. We get to the top of the mountain and we look around and we're like, I cannot stay here. This is not aligned for me. I can't do this for another second. But we've worked so hard to get there. We've built so much of our persona around getting there and what it will feel like when we're there that to then turn around and say, I have no resources or support to make any other decision. It's just shattering. We don't know what to do. We're lost. We know that there's a new direction, but we don't know what that is. And most of the time, it's also because we've internalized the voice of reason from someone else. Our inner voice sounds like us, but it's actually society, our parents, our partners, our friends, everyone around us saying, you know, you've got it made in the shade. You're doing so well. We're so proud of you. And so it's hard for us to actually realize and reach the true tenor of our own inner voice. And so having a tarot reading or where I come in is to actually read your energy to reflect back what your inner voice is already saying. And over time, especially when we do this monthly work, but it can even happen in one reading, getting that confirmation, it lights people up almost immediately where it's like the eyes go wide and they're like, how could you know that? Yeah. And really, I'm just listening to your own inner voice and telling you. So then you start tuning in yourself to what your inner voice is saying. You now have some touch points and clarity to say, oh, this is how I really feel. That makes sense. And what's so powerful about using the tarot in that work is that the tarot is really based on symbology. It works really well with Carl Jung's philosophies and theories about the psyche and the subconscious, that our subconscious speaks in the language of symbols. And so being mm-hmm. able to work in that language of our subconscious, it really is tapping into a deeper knowing and a deeper truth. And that's where that transformation happens is you walk away really feeling anchored into your truth and being able to trust your own inner voice. Yeah, I love that. And I totally resonate. I think one of the, the you know, it's so exciting being an entrepreneur. I love my business. But some of the hardest moments have been when, you know, I just know I have emotional clarity. My authority is all over. I have to pivot here. There's a big decision here. I have to go in another direction. And it's not easy just to go, okay, you know, it's much easier today, but it's because I've had that support and I've been able to you know, go through that process and just 
without any prompting, have you say, have you thought about this? Or I'm feeling like this and just be like, no way. Like, okay, cool. That's confirmation to really say, I can trust myself. I can go in that direction. And I love what you said as well about the the tarot and it being really connected to the unconscious and the, the symbology, because I know a lot of the time when we're doing work together, you know, I'm, I'm all ears and I'm excited, but then there's things that come out that mean something really specific to me. And I'll always be like, no way. Like, I can't believe it's that. And it is like, it's on every level, just confirming that I can trust um, what's going on inside of me. And I think that the other thing just to add is that the thing I love about working with you, um, for those human design junkies out there, my perspective is power. So one of the things that I really love working with you is like you're the real fucking deal. It's not just some wishy-washy, airy-fairy, you know, like, oh, it's just going to be lovely and unicorns and rainbows. It's like, no, no, this is what's going on. Um, it comes from a deep you know, well of um, experience and connection and, you know, um, yeah, you're just the real deal. And I think that that's something that's really important as well for me individually and for my audience, because I think for me as the podcaster, I feel a responsibility just to share the people that are that real freaking deal. So amazing. Thank you. You're so welcome. Just to speak with, to that for a second too, um, I think it really does. One of the big differences with the way that I read the tarot and the way that other people read the tarot is that I do integrate my worldview and my world experience. And, you know, I'm not saying that mine is deeper or better, wider than anyone else's, but it's just that I don't separate out real life from my work. I allow it to integrate and weave together. And that's what we as entrepreneurs are trying to do. So I know Mm -hmm. also that with my line four, that I'm here to model and to lead others in, in showing here's how this is possible. You don't have to separate out, you know, this is my entrepreneur life. And this is my real life. That's the old paradigm. That's the old corporate way where it said, when you walk in these doors, you belong to us. You leave your emotional body and everything else out and you stay here. We own you for the next eight to 10 hours. And instead we're creating, like you said, we're creating heaven on earth. We're creating this new way where it's saying, look, if we're going to do this differently, we get to be our whole selves and bring our whole selves into it. So having the support, you know, the marketing support and the HD support and the group support and the community support, and then also the support to just reach your inner truth. I just feel like it's the this holistic kind of holy trifecta, you know, mind, body, spirit, to really tap into all of these ways that you're bringing your whole self into your business. That's the difference between being a one to two year entrepreneur or someone who's really building a business and a legacy. Yeah. I love that. Put me in the building a business and legacy camp because that's what I'm all about. Like legacy. Um, Thank you so much for joining Um, Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I'm so excited to say to all of you that if you follow all the links or the link in the show notes, you'll be able to have a look at each session that Liz offers, which one feels correct for you. And if you use the code Emma, you're going to get some free journal prompts um, and affirmations that are going to help you on your journey. So that's super exciting. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. I'm so excited to always connect with your listeners. So 
this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, everyone. Back to the episode. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is transit time. So it's all about June. It's all about the transit for June. So welcome, Jenny Crowther. Hi, everyone. Hi, Emma. Hi, team. Transit's team. Also needs its own jingle. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's talk all about, well, let's talk about main review. Um, I feel like mm. May's been sh- like a bit shit, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, like uh, it was all culminated last night with me. I had a session with um, Liz Zamorski and just sobbed my way through the first half of it. Um, but yeah, I feel like May's been a bit of a challenge over here. So Tell me a little bit about your experience. How did this all convert into what's been going on with the, the transits? For me, I really feel Mercury retrogrades in the human design like gate. And I think I, I noticed this first in January where it was in gate 19 and I just spent the whole month just like yearning for a partner and hugs and that tribal romantic joined at the hip kind of connection. Mm. Um, so I was kind of stealing myself a bit for this one. Uh, and I posted this on Instagram actually, and had loads of feedback from other people experiencing a similar thing. So when Mercury went into gate 20, before it went retrograde, but it was in its pre-retrograde shadow, the day it went into gate 20, I woke up in the middle of the night with an unbelievably sore throat. Like my mum used to call it strep throat. I think that's an American term. It's not tonsillitis, but your throat just feels like really inflamed. Mm. Um, and that is that continues still. And Mercury's Mercury went direct, and then retrograde in Gate Twenty. And but then, as Mercury moved out of Gate Twenty into Gate Eight, the Sun has just gone into Gate Twenty. So Gate Twenty continues to be activated for me. And I've got Gate Fifty Seven hanging. This activates this channel from the spleen to the throat, and the sort the throat. Of course, here is where the tonsils are. These are related to the immune health. And this is often an early warning sign of how your immune health is. So I think I'm just experiencing either a clear out or a warning that um, I'm not as well rested or as healthy as I could be. Um, It's only at night, though. Completely fine through the day. I wake up. I have something to drink. It disappears. As soon as I lie down in bed, it comes back uh, and I become aware of it. And then I put this on Instagram and I had loads of messages from people, some in the comments, some privately, saying that they were experiencing the same thing. And most of them had either 34 or 10 or 57 hanging. Uh, so mm. the, these integration channels getting activated. You know, so, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's just super interesting. I think It's so fascinating. But like, so I've had exactly the same thing with my throat, like, We've all had COVID as well, except for Cooper, who has had tonsillitis. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And our beautiful dog has just, we've just had to take him to the vet. He's got a huge growth in his throat that's just wow. come up this month. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely wow. crazy freaking energy, crazy freaking energy. I mean, we said, right, <laughs> this mm. quarter, quarter two, you go through all the throat gates it's a throat thing. There's stuff happening, clearing out. I can only assume it's a clear out, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely feel that way at this point. You know, like I had this amazing session with Liz yesterday and um, really like dug into some old stuff um, and and finally let it go and didn't even realise it was still there, that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and today's a new day and, uh, you know, feeling so much better. But it's definitely been the last few weeks, you know, it's just been solid and and it what's really crazy i always think it's weird because you know like i know that i can't control the weather but i really feel like i control the weather do you know what i mean like <laughs> my mood has been it's just been rain and rain and rain and it's been really like i don't know stagnant it's just been a crazy weird feeling this month mm-hmm. yeah i mean i completely agree with you i do think that we get correlations between emotions and weather and I don't and I do believe it's that way around rather than the other way around as in you know we're creating our reality from in here yeah. so yeah yeah I totally do. and like yesterday I you know before my session with Liz even I had had a significant shift and the freaking sun came out you know and <laughs> I remember sitting there thinking this is so weird because it's literally rained for a week and I create this shift within me and all of a sudden the sun's out you know, mm-hmm. um, even to the point where I don't check the weather because I've always had this belief, like if I just don't check it, then there's just more possibility of it being the way I like it as opposed to the way I don't like it. So I just don't give it attention. But I happened to look at it and it was meant to be rain all week. Um, and now all of a sudden the sun's coming out and there's definitely an energetic shift um, within me. And there's been this conversation of this energetic shift with everyone I've had the last couple of days. Everyone's like, Ugh. but they're just starting to shift whatever that thing is. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just feel like, it. yeah, that Mercury retrograde was just, still is kind of intense. We've just <laughs> had loads of shenanigans before we came on to record this. My power went out to my van, then my computer died for no apparent reason, and then, you know, you had issues getting online. So, hmm. yeah, you know, stuff's happening. Hmm. <laughs> Not we all the way in we there. like it. Exactly. And we just focus on, exactly, focus on on what we want more of and being compassionate and kind, I suppose, to ourselves as well as everyone else. Yeah. I mean, do you have, do you have have gate 35 hanging by any chance? No, I've got gate 36, but 35 is actually my bridge gate, one of my bridge gates. I'm just interested what you were describing because, you know, Neptune's still in 36 and it's, um, that's that's a long process. Hmm. Yeah. I'll cut. We're going to talk about that at the end, though. Awesome. So, Let's do so it. my my May was mostly about that in terms of my observation. I mean, um, I also noticed as the sun went into gate twenty, which meant the Earth went into thirty four, which meant the channel of charisma, the Manjen channel, was activated. I became unbelievably exhausted for like <laughs> two days. I could I could barely move, and not just me. Um, as a projector, but there's a manifesting generator here where I'm living at the moment who has that channel and she felt exactly the same. There was this incredible lethargy that we both felt for the first two days um, of this transit that we're still in at the moment. Mm. So I don't know, man, there's some stuff going on. Um, yeah. In terms of looking back at what we had said in terms of intentionality, you know, last podcast, um, we talked about May because of this throat activation being 
careful and deliberate with what we're thinking, saying, doing. Um, in terms of how I have interpreted that, I've kind of redirected my focus onto, I mean, I'm living here with friends who are part of the Buddhist Sangha that I am a part of. And I've just had a real re-clarification of my commitment to that and my, because um, I have a tendency to dabble, you know, fingers in a lot of pies. I'll do a bit of like I am the word with Paul Selig. I'll do a little bit of this channel teaching, that channel teaching. Like I've generally been quite, I'll just try everything. And I think this month I'm like, but the thing that really transforms me, the thing that I have noticed has the biggest impact on my energy and on my life generally is this practice uh, of all of the, the, you know, not just the meditation side of Buddhism, but all of it. Mm. So any further reflections on May, Emma, before we... uh... You know, one very significant reflection for May, because I was focusing on maybe the the more dense stuff, one of the massive things that's been really powerful this month is the deep dive I've done into my heart, into the heart space, the heart chakra, um, brain heart coherence, like meditating every day through the heart, game changer. Like this has been an absolute, I haven't actually come across something and merged it into my daily practice, like with this sort of result in ages, you know, almost since human design. So that's one thing that has been really significant um, through this process. And, and this month has been a lot about healing the heart communication, healing my womb um, and things around that. So, so as much as I think I feel a bit exhausted uh, because of everything that has been going on, it's been a massive, massive month in a good way as well, but really from more of a healing point of view, even stuff with my mum, you know, like I feel some severe, some certain closure, like we're, we're at a good place, things are good. So there has been lots of good stuff about May as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot happier now that I'm out of the UK. It's you know, I... I basically got allergic to where I was living. My whole, I, I had like eczema patches all over my eyelids. All, my mouth was like inflamed and sore. A second I arrived in France, <laughs> it disappeared. And I was like, wow. oh, excellent. I'm allergic to my home country. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, but like, like I'm not surprised. That, my, my, my reactivity in my body, that's, that's kind of healed since I started moving again and yeah. yeah. So, you know, the other thing that's just keeps coming up and you've already mentioned it once already is mm. um, gate 19. So I have gate 19 in my Mercury um, and this has just kept coming up. And the statement, you're too sensitive, like whether I've watched it and heard someone else say it or someone said it to me or someone said it about their journey that someone else has said to them, that's another theme that's come up a lot. And I think that's really interesting that you've had that experience of, um, the eczema and stuff like I literally wrote in my journal three days ago it's like I'm walking around overstimulated by life like that's how I feel everything is just so I don't know yeah just very very overstimulated even though there's not a lot per se going on it's this weird feeling that I've been feeling I mean my observation in myself is that I I do become a little bit allergic slash intolerant to towns and cities I, I actually my my system because I 
because I spend so much time sensitizing myself by meditating very deeply, I I can't handle, my system now can't handle being in, you know, the environment where there are millions and millions of messages, text messages, and it's like all that information communication that is going on in towns and cities, my system can't handle it anymore. Um, and now, as, as we're talking, I'm sitting at the top of a mountain. Now, there's one 4G mast over there on a hill that I can see about three miles away, which I'm able to get a signal to do this, but very, very little communication, you know, in terms of the amount of yeah. data that my body's having to process. Because it's like, it's not like our bodies don't process the data. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've, shot myself in the foot a bit of becoming extremely sensitive to uh yeah to sit to towns and cities I really struggle in them yeah yeah wow yeah it's only going to get no I'm not going to finish that sentence let's move on yeah yeah I don't I know where you're going <laughs> all right so uh so let's look at look at June this will go out just before the end of May uh, Mercury will be going direct in gate eight on June the second so it will revisit gate 20. You know, we've just spoken at length about the, what gate 20 is potentially doing to our physiological system. Um, Mercury will go back through it from the 14th to the 20th of June. So I want to highlight those dates. Um, I also want to say that June the 14th is the full moon. It also sees the sun and earth move into gate 12 and 11, respectively, plus Venus goes into gate 23, plus Mars goes into gate 51. So it's like all of the personal planets move on the same day um, on June the 14th. So I just want to make that diary far out. Just just that's a lot, you know, usually there's a little bit of a stagger between when when the planets move, like one will move one day, then the next day, another one, but like all of them going at the same time, like they're just taking one big step together. Wow. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that. Um, in the diary. In the diary. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as I said, as far as this sun-earth process goes, like, which is what we mainly talk about on the on this podcast, we're still in the middle of the throat process. There are 11 gates in total in the throat, more than any other centre. And it takes us actually to the beginning of August to get through them all. Uh, in this month that we're about to talk about, June, we have the sun going through three throat gates and then we have a little hiatus at the end with a G centre and then a root gate. So if you're looking at the Wheel of the Year, which is a for those who are newer to the Transits podcast, there's a free download available on the podcast page of my website, which will be linked in the show notes. I have these uh, support documents called the Wheel of the Year and the Wheel of the Year 2. You can see um, if you're looking at the bottom half of the wheel as we go over the solstice, um, what we're talking about in terms of the throat process. You can see that the sun goes through every gate in the throat in uh, quarter two, which is what we're in at the moment. So just setting the scene for the month ahead. So as we move into the uh, sun-earth activations, we've got the 2nd of June to the 7th of June, sun in gate 35, the gate of change or progress. Uh, and the Earth in Gate 5, it's programming part of, which is the gate of waiting or fixed rhythms. So because um, Neptune's in Gate 36 at the moment, the Sun transit through Gate 35 is going to create the channel of transitoriness for the whole planet that week. Um, so we might feel this um, desire 
to shake things up, to do things differently, to have a new adventure, to be wild and courageous. And, you know, it's like hunger, you know, for a new experience, these energies. Mm. Um, I can feel that already coming. <laughs> yeah, it's like, get me out of here. I'm sick of this. Mm-hmm. Um, at a physiological level, it is associated with hunger um, and the chemical need for serotonin production in the brain. Uh, my uh, understanding, very much informed by Richard Rudd's comments on this, uh, on this gate, are that most people are serotonin deficient uh, and most people are caught in kind of a shadow loop between trying to satiate the hunger with something or discipline themselves out of wanting the thing that they're craving with willpower and denying access to it. Um, Hunger, you know, in all its forms, whether it's for food or love or sex or adventure or whatever, is one of these very, very overwhelming and overpowering driving forces in our lives. Um, to, To just understand chemically that it is, you know, related to serotonin production can give us a little bit of a clue as to how to, if we have got a very a hunger that we kind of know is not good for us, but we kind of don't know what to do about it, it's, is to try and encourage serotonin production in other ways. Do other things that make you feel good. Mm. Because if you really stare that hunger down, you know, if you actually don't re- re- react to it or suppress it, but just look it square in the eyes, for most of us, the hunger, the thing that we hunger for most is the need to feel deeply loved. And there's only one love that's ever going to satisfy that hunger. And that's the love that is basically the foundation for all human life. Mm-hmm. So my my kind of thoughts around this 35-36 combination is that there's a huge spiritual potential in that in that combination. Um, what, what I thought of when I was reflecting on this, you know, I love a good quote and I love a good mystical poet is that there's a quote by Rumi that is, I just think utterly the expression of this energy. I mean, you may be familiar with this quote, but the task, the quote is your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find within yourself all the barriers that you have built against it and embrace them. And I can remember so clearly when I first came across this quote. I was living in South Italy on a yoga retreat, and my friend Tashi used to write little quotes on chalkboards every morning and dot them around the place for people to contemplate while they were having their tea in the morning. So I was sitting by this chalkboard that had this quote on it, and it it just hit me so deeply as so true. Like when I looked at my search for love, I was I just realised that. I was never, ever going to be able to love someone fully if I hadn't broken down all these barriers within myself to love. And I could see them so clearly. So, And that was in 2014. So since then, eight years, I have, although I've had you know, other people come into my life and, and have love reflected back and forth between us, that quote transformed something in me. I knew as soon as I read that, that it was absolutely true and that all the work I ever did with another person would only ever be to, to work on my own inner barriers. Mm. Um, and so it's become one of the guiding principles of my life. And, you know, slowly, slowly I am embracing these barriers within me that I've built against feeling love. 
um, so that I can walk through life with access to that love without depending on anyone else or anything else. Yeah. So I feel like that's a really kind of important reflection just on this serotonin deficiency, Yeah. you know, chemically yeah. supporting ourselves yeah. by feeling love. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. I love that quote too. I really do. Um, it's definitely inspired me to write it down and stick it on the bathroom window or something to just continually remind myself. You know, I worked with a client today um, and that was exactly what was going on, you know, and it was that that piece where she just couldn't hear what she needed to hear, you know, that 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 the power lay within her and that she did she she had done nothing wrong there was nothing to be fixed but that belief in herself that belief that what she wanted wasn't there was just that barrier that exact barrier that you're talking about that she she was so invested in holding on to her resentment and her inability and how shit things were and how things didn't work for her. And it just, you know, I walked out and I was just like, it doesn't often happen, but I didn't get through to her. I didn't, she didn't get what she needed from me. Um, And I mean, of course she got what she needed from me because it's not my job to take responsibility. But that quote is exactly what was going on, you know, and I could feel it and I just, Every part of me was like, look in the mirror, look in the mirror. You're, you're, you've got this. This is, you've got everything you want is right. It's right there. I can see it. In fact, I can almost touch it through the freaking screen. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that, that quote is so incredibly powerful because we have to, we just have to learn to trust the gap Mm -hmm. between I do love, trust, and accept myself and that moment where the ego still has us. But we just have to learn to just just trust, just trust, like I can do this, I've got this. I just, yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That was just the best quote and just really, really helped me with this client, you know, like, oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a a client that I worked with about three years ago and I had, I felt the same as you were saying there, like, I don't feel like it's landing. I don't feel like it's getting through. But I had the occasion about a month ago to just visit her casually, like as a friend. She'd lent me a book and I realised I still had it, so I took it back. And we had a cup of tea. And she said to me about, she said, you know, there were loads of things that you said to me that I could not receive at the time and I couldn't land them. But I've since managed to land them. Like, they stuck with me and after about a year or so, I was able to process them. So, you know, we plant the seeds and sometimes they just take a while to germinate. Yeah, and I absolutely believe that. It was quite quite comforting for me because I was like, I don't know if I'm doing any good here, but it turns out I I had, it just took a while to land. Yeah, so uh, June 8th to the 13th, moving on to the next pairing, the sun goes into gate 45, the gate of the gatherer, and the earth into gate 26, the gate of the egoist. Um, so this throat, this throat gate is the gate that says, I have or I have not. Um, the gatherer is about, um, well, it's, I mean, it, it kind of the clue is in the name. It's the hunter-gatherer kind of energy where 
it represents the archetype of people gathering together to hunt and the idea that we are stronger as a group. So it, it, it's, it's kind of driven by that energy that we should work together because we'll be more effective. Um, it's part of the tribal circuit. It comes, you know, ultimately off the heart center through the money line and which is the gate 21 to 45, this channel. Um, this is my mum's birthday week. And so I have a, I've had quite a lot of exposure to this as a personality sun gate. Um, my observation of it in my mum and also other people I know with this very prominently in their chart is that their way of uh, expressing themselves is often through supporting other people financially. Like there's nothing my mum likes more than to count out a pile of money to me. <laughs> she could easily make the bank transfer, but no, she likes to get it out of the cash machine and put it in my hand one by one. <laughs> you know, that's it. Like, it. I just think that for me is the epitome of this energy. It's like I have these resources and I want to share them. Yeah, love so that. That that is my observation of how it works uh, with my mum. Uh, this. It, it feels to me like it's felt by them as a sense of responsibility to to share their wealth and look after people financially, um, but not the same kind of responsibility. Like if you look at Gate 50, 27, that channel of preservation, where there's quite often the fear of taking on too much responsibility. It doesn't look to me like there's any fear in it. It looks just like this outpouring of generosity. Um <clears throat> But I think if we look at this in terms of a global frequency that we're all experiencing, I think it's probably we're going to see more clarification around who we want to gather with. You know, if we're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, who our hunting tribe are, then who do we need to be around to accelerate that or to bring that into the world? Um, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's, you'll probably know it, Emma where it's you become the five people you spend most of your time with or something yeah. like that yeah you're the average of the five people you spend time with I don't think it's Stephen Harvey it's one of them um Jim Rohn Jim Rohn mm, so that that energy for me is unbelievably true I mean yeah. I have a lot of openness in my chart I know you do as well I'm extremely malle malleable you know, I find myself melting into the mold that other people have carved out. Um, I've always said I lose myself in romantic relationships. I'm also aware of how much I lose myself in any proximity to another being. Mm. It's very challenging for me to m hold true to what I believe in and value in terms of how I spend my time, how I eat, how I like what my routine, my daily routine is unless I'm around people who have the same routine that I, I aspire to. Mm -hmm. So for me, the gate 45, this, who are you gathering with? Who, what, what tribe are you gathering together? I have to, coming back to the intentionality piece for me, I have to be clear that I spend time around people who have the same intentions as me, who want yeah. to live in the same way, who want to spend time doing the same things and hold the same values as me. Um, Otherwise, I end up just sucked into, despite all my best intentions, I get sucked into other people's rhythms, which it's, it's kind of bittersweet in a way, because it also means that I have to spend quite a lot of time away from people I really love, you know, my friends and family, 
because they're not making the same life choices as I am and they don't have the same values about how they spend their time. Mm. So it's challenging for me, um, this this conundrum, if you like, of I really want to live in this way, but I also really love these people. (laughs) I want to hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's challenging. But I feel like that's going to be a conundrum for so many, you know, so many. I know for me, I I do have quite a, you know, distinct ritual. And, you know, Justin will say like, wow, no one, no one gets in the way of it. No one gets in the way of, of the things that are important to me. And the reason that this is such a big deal for me is because I've, you know, was a doormat for so much of my life. You know, like I used to be walked all over by anyone and anything. And like you say, I mean, my wide open G center was just happy to just morph into whoever I needed to be, you know, like just to, to make everyone else comfortable. So I think this is a really important point, you know, like we do, we do need to take a stand for ourselves. And oftentimes the people we love, they're not necessarily, you know, we don't, I mean, we do choose our children, but we don't choose our children. We don't choose those things and um, we can't just flip and change them. So we have to be courageous enough to know where our boundaries are and, you know, if we're, if we're going to spend time with the with these people that we love that don't share the same values, we have to have a strategy. We have to have an opportunity to, to realign to the truth of ourselves because, yeah. You know, otherwise, what's the point? You know, what's the point in, in being here? We're not being ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real dance. I mean, from a Gene Keys perspective, the shadow of the 45 is dominance. Um, and even if it's not like a calculated dominance, like based on greed or power grabbing or whatever, there is still a dominance, I find, to that energy. Like my mum's energy dominates the household. It, she can't help it. It's just kind of built in there. Um, and, and yet she also really embodies the, the gift frequency, which is synergy, which is all about moving from hierarchy to heterarchy where everyone is equally, you know, empowered. Mm. It's fa- it's a fascinating dynamic to watch, you know, her energy is kind of dominant and yet her personal beliefs and the way she expresses them are the opposite of that. Like, no, no, we all have a voice. And we, even as children, we all had a voice. It was never yeah. this, I'm a parent, I say so. It was very much speak your truth. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating energy. Um, and so this week, there's the opportunity to explore these themes of generosity, who are we gathering with, and maybe some kind of awareness of usurping these traditional hierarchical structures. Um, and the Earths in Gate 26, of course, another tribal gate, and another gate that is quite able to strongly advocate for for what it believes in yeah I love it that sounds some yeah. powerful energy yeah and from like from my perspective and then for anyone else who has an undefined heart center and either gate 44 or gate 21 hanging like towards or off the heart center those channels will get activated so we get a week of heart center definition which for me is always welcome you know because it's that need to prove myself is always this kind of vibration in the background in the not self so so yeah so I like I like a bit of heart definition brilliant it takes the pressure off me a bit to uh yeah perform so the following week June 14th to the 19th 
we have the sun in gate 12, the gate of caution or standstill, and the earth in gate 11, ideas or peace. Um, so it's the next gate in the throat, and it says, I know I can try or not. It's the gate of social caution. Um, and I want to share some personal experiences of this that I feel quite strongly about. So I have this gate hanging, and it's my design moon in the third line, the gate 12. And my experience of it is that sometimes I'm really open to communicating, to having a new experience, to meeting new people. And sometimes I just can't. And it's so, I just can't. It's so painful. It's like this uh, valve, if you like, this, this opening and closing saying, I know I can try this new thing or I really can't. Um, and what that led to in my earlier life, particularly as a child and a teenager, was this sense that I was unreliable or that I was different inside than the external expectations of me. You know, this fairly strong human tendency to put someone or to want to put someone in a box, like on one side of the binary and say, you are like this. And then there's no wiggle room to be not like that. So the example, I have, it's quite a silly example, but it kind of did impact me quite a lot. When I was a teenager, you know, back in the day, when you had to make a phone call to make like a taxi or a restaurant reservation and my friends always used to say Jenny can do it she's good with people you know this projection that I have a way with people which I don't really but I'm also a fifth line so projection build um and that was fine you know I was usually happy to make the call except sometimes when that gate 12 was in a really like no like no kind of energy it was unbelievably painful for me to have to do that, you know, go confidently into the world when I was feeling so painfully shy inside. Mm. And what that led to ultimately was this feeling that they only like and accept the, this aspect of me, like when the gate, when I'm open to social interaction, I, the, the side of me that is painfully shy and is really not in the mood for it isn't acceptable. Um, and it, it, it was kind of a thing for me for for a long time. I even remember another when I, in my twenties, I'd just moved into a new neighbourhood. There was a street party happening, and I was so excited that I'd lived in the kind of place that had street parties, you know, trestle tables and everyone bringing something to share. But on the day of the street party, my twelve kicked into no social ah uh -uh mode, and so I'm standing at the window watching the thing, and I couldn't leave the house. And my boyfriend mm. was like, "What is wrong with you?" Like, you really wanted to go to this? And I was like, I don't know, but I can't leave the house. I'm terrified. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's my experience of this openness to social uh, engagement or not. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just welcome to the world of being an introvert. Like, I feel like you've just explained my entire childhood, that, mm -hmm. that energy of, you know, it, it really wasn't okay to be, um introverted you know one of my dear friends thinks she watches my behavior we were at a training once and um so I'd been on for like three days and we had to fly back to Sydney and we were flying back to Sydney together and we get to the airport and we was just left the last group of people um and she is and being an introvert there's like a certain group of people that you can be honest with like you don't even notice you do it but there's just this group of people that you're like oh these are my safe people and the last one of these people walked away 
And in that moment, I just switched off. And Sash was just, to this day, she's like, I've never seen anything like it. It's like, where did you go? You know? And, and she will often say like that I've never known what it's like to be an introvert until that moment, just to watch you switch off, like not speak, not like, she's like, it's what it was like. I wasn't even there all of a sudden. I'm like, you're just not like all of a sudden I'm in this world that's just completely inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I think your your explanation is so beautiful. I feel like there's going to be so many people out there listening going, oh, my God, I know how that feels, you know. And I think so much of that um, circuitry, that that individual circuitry and like being in the mood, like we are so conditioned to the opposite, you know, um, to start to honour our flow of energy that says, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to stand terrified in the kitchen window. It's okay. Just do that. That's fine. I think that is just really powerful. And I'm, yeah, really grateful you shared it because I'm so sure there's so many people hearing it and going, oh my God, permission. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And I I feel like, um, I mean, I, I know that the labels of introvert and extrovert are helpful for some people. For me, I find them limiting because sometimes I'm kind of extroverty and sometimes I'm kind of introverty. You can be both. Exactly. I just want permission to be all of it. You know, I don't want like, like I say about this valve of gate 12, I know I can try or not. I know I can try or not. And it's like just allowing that to, to express itself naturally without my mind putting, mm-hmm. putting myself in a box. So yeah. And we can be yeah. everything, you know, we can be both. We can be ambiverts. And it's really when it comes to introversion and extroversion, it's just how you gain your energy. Really, that's it. Mm-hmm. And often the persona you've built around whatever you perceive you are. Yeah. So this this, I mean, this piece about respecting everyone's willingness really is is just uh, uh it's an it's a it's an awareness point. It's not a point for shaming ourselves for doing it, because it's very deep in our conditioning, but just this. By us having this conversation, we're highlighting for the listeners to notice within themselves when either they're shaming themselves or another person for being socially cautious. Yeah. I mean, and I also think, you know, the the activity of Neptune in Gate 22 over the last two years has has been a big piece of this, you know, breaking down social openness completely and giving a lot more permission to be a bit more, like you say, introverted. Yeah. So that's the last of the throat gates for this month awesome uh which brings us to june 20th to the 24th um sun in gate 15 gate of extremes modesty earth in gate 10 gave the behavior of the self and it's solstice time so summer solstice here in the northern hemisphere winter for you guys in the southern hemisphere um and two gates of the g center which are part of the cross of the vessel of love Thank goodness. The love of being yourself, which is uh, gate 10, and the love of the extreme ways in which life shows up, gate 15. And of course, this gate of extremes is the extreme of light and dark, depending on which side of the planet you're on, longest day or longest night. And an apex point um, that we celebrate. And I think we can extrapolate that as in a celebration of all people who fall outside the norm, if you like. This kind of, this gate of extremes is not, you know, if we think about the opposite end of the channel, the gate five, which is the gate of fixed rhythms and this idea of having this kind of 
routine, like you were talking about having a fixed routine, the gate 15 being the opposite of that. And again, not being shamed into having a fixed routine. This idea that to have a fixed routine is good is probably not appropriate for someone that has strong gate 15 energy, which is going to be more fluid in the way that it expresses itself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Ultimately leading to uh, a celebration of all the different ways that human beings show up in the world. And not just human beings, all plant life, animal life. Um, And I mean, this may, I've got quite a mathematical brain. Math was my favorite subject at at school. And I have a real interest in kind of mathematical patterns. And and I'm always, (laughs) it's interesting, anything that comes into my life, there's this statistical part of my brain that kicks in. And I was thinking about Gate 15 and statistics. And then I was listening to Lee Harris's interview with Anita Morjani recently. And for anyone who doesn't know Anita Morjani's story, she is an extreme example of being a medical statistical outlier. She was minutes from death, riddled, like whole body, completely full of tumours. She slipped into a coma and had a near-death experience, met with her loved ones, came back, and the experience that she'd had in which she realised at a very, very deep level that she never needed to prove anything to be loved and that she was already loved utterly and completely and beyond her wildest dreams just because she existed. And she came out of this coma, and within weeks, all of her tumours had spontaneously reduced and completely healed, and she lives well to this day as a spiritual teacher. And so as a statistical medical outlier, she's like the the most um, obvious example we have because of the medical, like she, there's a lot of evidence, physical evidence, you know, scans, evidence. Um, She basically is living proof that love heals absolutely if we can have a powerful enough experience of it. And so whenever anyone tells me something like they've had a diagnosis or they've got this or that happening with them I always like to remind them that statistical outliers exist and that they don't know if they are one or not so that when we're um and not just related to medical diagnoses but I think they're one of the scariest things that people can get opening our minds to possibility is I think the gift of this gate this gate of extremes is saying well, yeah, you know, like if you talk about the solstice, yeah, most days have about average this kind of amount of light, but, you know, some days they have very little light or some days they have a lot of light. So for me, this solstice, particularly the summer solstice, is always my time to reflect on the abundance of light. And, you know, it may be going the other way because you're in the Southern Hemisphere. There's this natural turning inward. Mm. Um, I, I think we both have gate five hanging. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the winter, in the winter for me, I, I sleep like 13 hours. <laughs> I just, if it's wow. dark, I'm asleep basically. I love but that. now that I'm at the other end, at the other apex, I'm not sleeping that much because it's like 10 PM dark, 4 AM, 5 AM light. So I'm not sleeping very much, but it seems okay for my body. Like, I allow my body to oscillate with these extremes of the rhythm, you know, of the natural rhythm. Yeah. 
And that really is that energy, you know, isn't it? The the five fifteen is really. I always remember that that as the seasons. You know, it's really the flow of life and trusting wherever you're at in in each season or wherever you are in the river that you're in exactly where you need to be and honouring that. I, it's funny. That's one thing that's been really in my awareness. Um, although we haven't officially clocked over into winter yet. Um, just being super aware that I've had a summer for an entire, you know, all of last year was summer. This is the first winter I've had for a year and a half, you know. So there is part of me that's like, yeah, it's time. It's time to rest. It's time to to take um, a load off. I would have been would have been great if it didn't include freaking shingles and the Rona. But anywho, whatever. I am arrested. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're being cleared out, right? You're being forced to rest so that you can clear yeah. out. Yeah. Exactly. Win- wintering is a necessary part, I think, of maybe not if you were born around the tropics and where the daylight doesn't fluctuate very much or the temperature, you know. I, like you, I I actually had perpetual summer for four years once. Mm. I I travel. I was living in India and then Bali and then Morocco. I didn't experience winter for four years, and it got to a point where I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going mad!" I actually just need to put a puffer jacket on and go for a walk in a crisp, like zero degrees, frosty morning. I can't cope. I left what would many people would say is an island paradise, Bali. Like almost on a whim, I changed my fl- my plane ticket. I was like, I just need to be cold. I'm so sick of summer, and I think yeah. maybe it's Escape Five in me that's like, I, I I need my I need my seasons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this this these energies are very much about connection to the the, the rhythms and the extremes of nature. Love it. So solstice, everyone have a lovely solstice. Woo-hoo. Do some do something ritually, whether it's an inward kind of ritual for you guys in the Southern Hemisphere or a kind of outward kind of ritual for us. And then June feels like a short month, 25th to the 30th, which brings us to the end of June. A couple of root gates. My favourite root gates, if I have allowed favourites. The sun in gate 52, the gate of inaction or stillness mountain, uh, and the gate, the earth in gate 58 which is the gate of uh, aliveness, joy, vitality. Both double hexagrams. So if you look at Wheel of the Year 2, you will see that gate 52, hexagram 52 is double mountain and 58 is double lake. So I I honestly love these energies so much. I just can't, I can't hide my enthusiasm for them. Gate 52 is my only root gate, uh, and it's also at the centre of my pearl sequence in the gene keys. So it's, it's describing my entire life purpose is gate 52, to sit still. I can concur I that I love feel at my, at my most aligned with my life purpose when I am not moving, I am meditating. Um, if I'm not meditating, there is always this kind of background feeling like I'm wasting my time. I should be sitting still. It's so bizarre. When I'm in movement, I feel like it's a waste of energy. And when I'm still, I feel like absolutely nailing my purpose here. Um, and I had a client last week um, that has this, so her birthday, I guess, is this week. Happy birthday, if you're listening. I think she probably will be. Um, 
she has so she has this as her personality sun earth pairing um so the name of the gate gate 52 one of the names of it is inaction the gate of inaction which i love because for me it implies the action is in it's taking place internally it's inaction as opposed to external action i love um, that <laughs> you know I, the more i've reflected on this gate because obviously i have a lot because it's such a big part of my purpose um and this is a kind of, I mean, just a general note for people who are um, sharing human design with other people is the danger a little bit of oversimplifying people by type. This lady was a generator. And yet the whole purpose, the whole call, we were talking about how in love she is with not moving and not doing anything. You know, how wonderful it is to be inactive. Uh, to find all of our satisfaction, in her case as a generator, in just existing and just being and not working, actually. Um, so the system, if you just look at it at a, a very surface level, says generators are here to build and work and do and go out there. But if I look at the specifics of her chart, not only has she got 5258 Sun Earth, but then she has two collective logical uh, channels and two collective abstract channels. So if her, her dominant circuitry is collective circuitry, my only two channels are also logical collective. My observation of this collective circuitry is what it actually does is it puts me profoundly in touch with the needs of the collective. Yeah. I can feel the collective in me vibrating. And as I feel the tendency, like, again, statistics, the, the trends of the collective in my body, I feel almost compelled to personally balance them by through my own actions. So I can feel, and so can the person I was meeting with, that way too many of the individual members of the collective are still striving, trying too hard to achieve something, trying to prove themselves through what they do and how productive they can be. And that is out of balance. And mm. so we, as collective circuitry beings, feel compelled to just stop doing all of that, to sit still and derive our worth from just breathing and observing. Sounds and good. Really slow down, right? So, yeah, I just I, I thought it was an interesting observation, not just of collective circuitry, but also the fact that just because someone's at so and so type, until you look very specifically into the wholeness of their chart it's very exactly. difficult you know i i can't sit there while this woman is telling me how happy she is now that she's not working and not doing anything and she's joyfully just existing i can't say well yeah but you're a generator you should probably be working you know like, yeah i couldn't how agree much more undermining her her truth but I think that that whole the whole purpose of human design is to empower people, not disempower people, and it's why, you know, I bang on about type. You know, type is it. Don't get freaking stuck in it because you, the 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 more you go out there and you go down the type rabbit hole, the more you're going to find the things that don't resonate because. You know, manifesting generators, for example, they talk about as being, you know, I say it all the time, like non-linear beings, multi-passionate, all of those things. But really what they're talking about is the gate 34. They're talking about the 3420. So there's a lot of manifesting generators that won't won't actually resonate with being, um, you know, multi-passionate. And then there's a bunch of generators that are like, well, I'm multi-passionate. 
well, they might have the 34 just sitting there. It's just not in a channel. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think that this is the, you, you know, like this is why I teach it the way I teach it because I want people to be curious and find out what's below the surface and um, so they can put down their conditioning and be like, yeah, this is a blueprint of who I am um, and it's not just another identity that I put on as this type or, you know, even this incarnation cross or whatever it is. Like even if you had the exact same chart as someone else, I would still want to empower you to discover how you're different to that person. You know, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, our mutual friend Jess Mordew apparently found someone with my exact birthday. Wow! Same, same exact time, or pretty much like born in uh, in New Zealand. I'm dying to meet her. Like, I really want to chat with her and see how different we are because our charts are almost identical. Oh my god! I just got goosebumps. That's so cool. <laughs> Far out. She was like, she sent me her chart. She was like, "Does this look familiar to you?" I'm like, "That's my chart." She was like, "No, it ain't." <laughs> Oh my God, that is so cool. Yeah, you have to have coffee with that person for sure. Or at least it's Zoom coffee. I need to call her, yeah. Anyway, we digress. So, yeah, so the month closing up with just beautiful energy, Mount, double mountain, which brings the stillness, a double lake, which brings peaceful joy. Um, I literally had this experience like two days ago. We'd gone to a mountain lake. Uh, on the border with, between France and Spain. And we found this little corner of this lake that was completely still. And we all sat down and all just immediately started to meditate very deeply. Like the energy of mountain and lake, wow. Mm. There was no effort required. We sat down, we closed our eyes and boom, like completely, yeah. completely pulled in to the point where we all, after about 10, 15 minutes, were like, we should probably go or we'll never leave this spot. Like it's so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're probably all just going to like pass into some kind of samadhi and never return. So yeah, or portal, big portal. Yeah, <laughs> some kind of portal. But it, the the highest expression of these energies, the gene keys, the siddic states, are stillness and bliss. And this is really what's being invited um, th- for that last week of of June, which I think will be very very welcome. Yes, sign me up. Far out. Sign me up. So that brings us to the end of June for Sun Earth. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit rocky in the beginning, but ultimately ending on a high. Perfect. Um, <laughs> get the rocky bit out, out at the beginning. Um, and then for Celestial Spotlight, uh, <laughs> I, I'm really excited about the Celestial Spotlight. Awesome. So... I want to talk about the, the whole relationship between the outer planets and what they're said to be doing uh, in terms of their global influence. So my source here is Peter Schreiber, who is a brilliant analyst, very closely worked with Ra, uh, presents the year ahead forecast for Jovian Archive. Um, he calls this, what this thing that I'm about to describe, the great secret order. <laughs> like, I don't know if that was Ra's name for it, but I kind of like it. I don't know if that's, Peter's made that up himself. This uh, description of the, of the program, basically, you know, human design is basically saying, this is a program, this is how it's operating, and those planets are doing it. <laughs> yeah, oh my you're God. Of, you're a bunch of planet puppets, whether you like it or not, kind of. I love like, it. This is and- the, 
And please be aware, listeners, that when Jenny talks about this, she's talking about life, life itself, the illusion, the (laughs) Maya. That's what she's talking about. (laughs) Maya. (laughs) And we don't like it because we like to think we have free will. And maybe we do. Like what I don't know. I'm not an enlightened being. I don't know. But I'm just, I'm interested to play with these. um, Oh, my God, I'm fascinated. I'm so fascinated. But I just have to say, if I said this to you already, because I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast, I was listening to uh, Bruce Lipton. And mm-hmm. he and I and I want to get Bruce Lipton on the podcast to ask him this question because in this thing that I was watching, he talks about how with our astrology, you know, we have this this destiny per se. Like he can it can show us this particular journey that will go on. And he talks about how the higher we raise our frequency, the more the destiny disappears. The more that we really become these, um, you know, the driver of our own destiny. And I'm like, that is a conversation I really want to open up because I don't want to be a planetary puppet. puppet. I, I want to be like, no, like I've totally got the universe here in my little palms. I, I, I want to be on that journey. It sounds good. But anyway, back to you. Tell me about these, these puppeteers. Well, now on that, I think we can, I think ultimately, of course, we can transcend it through awareness. You know, if you're aware of what's happening, you can transcend how much it's driving you. Yeah. Um, which is really the purpose of what we're doing here. Like I'm just highlighting the, the planetary energies so that people have a little bit more awareness. Yeah. So that I have a little bit more awareness, actually. <laughs> it's all for me. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. So the great secret order. Pluto, all the way out there at the far side, far back of the universe, uh, back of the solar system, as the ruler of the cycle. It's the thing that we can't run from and we're going to have to deal with. Uh, it's the thing, whatever it is that's being kind of burnt and resurrected and realigned with truth. So Pluto's ruler of the cycle. And then, so if you think of that at the top, and then you have uh, Neptune and Uranus, next level down, watery Neptune dissolving the old, quirky Uranus bringing in the new. And then they are creating this thematic for ongoing change, which Saturn and Jupiter anchoring into earthly culture saturn creating the restrictions borders limitations jupiter bringing the growth and the expansion trying to push against the restraints that saturn is creating if you like so this kind of structure oh God, is what's love it. following the great secret order so i thought well i'm gonna have to look back at something that's already happened because we only have 2020 in hindsight right so looking at 2021 or 2020 even this the last two years as a, a an example pluto was in gate 61 so since the end of 2019 through to january this year pluto was in gate 61 the gate of inner truth the gate of mystery so the whole process of the pandemic as in terms of what pluto was doing is offering this opportunity to stop and re-examine what is actually true for us what is our true truth um what what and it because it's pluto related to truth in the gate of truth it's kind of revealing the lies that we've been telling ourselves or we have been told um the inconvenient aspects of our life that we'd rather not look at so for example we may have been saying to ourselves pre 2019 yeah i love my life i'm having a great time my job's fine my partner's fine it's all gravy life's good you know just this kind of generalized yeah it's fine And then by the end of the two-year process, we're like, I'm actually completely exhausted. I'm just doing my job for the money. 
my soul is dying. And it turns out I don't really like that person so much. I have to spend 24 hours a day with them for months on end. For mm-hmm. example, that may not be everyone's story, but during the process of the last two years, some truth will have been illuminated by Pluto that we can't ignore anymore. Can't pretend it's not there. It's just look at this, you know? Yeah, love it. It's a big wake-up call, if you like, to anything that's no longer true for us. Yeah, and I would say that that's one of the really significant themes if I think about my clients, you know. The, the, the story I heard the most was don't tell anyone but I really enjoyed the pandemic. Don't tell anyone because my life changed for the better. Like that's yeah. the story I heard the most. It's. I think it's the only story I hear now. Yeah. I think it, despite the initial resistance where everyone was like, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, of course, it was challenging for a lot of people and I'll come on to that. Yeah, it's challenging for everyone, I think, at some point. But, but there is there is a truth that was revealed during that process that was actually elevating and beneficial. Yes. Neptune dissolving the old, Uranus bringing in the new. So Neptune was back and forth between 26, uh, 22 and 36 the whole time. Yeah, wow. 22 and 36 in the emotional solar plexus pointing towards the throat. 22, openness to social interaction. Hmm, or not. <laughs> 36, emotional crisis. I think we can all agree we had some dissolutions in that area that yep. Neptune completely dissolved our ability to socialize at all. And for many, that was felt as a deeply challenging emotional experience. Yeah. So Neptune dissolving in that area, Uranus bringing in the new, was oscillating between 27 and 24. 27, the gate of caring, a willingness to be extremely caring towards people we meet because suddenly we're all in the same global situation. Mm. Self-care stopped being a dirty word and became an absolute necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, Giving everyone a break for not having it perfectly all together and just thumbs up for doing everyone just doing their best. So the caring was an issue. Also, the importance of the caring professions was extremely highlighted. You know, the the key workers, the, the fact that, I mean, here in the UK, the NHS, but globally, those people who do caring for, for a profession were profoundly, um, I mean, we suddenly realized how much we rely on them, right? Yeah. Not that we understood, but we really understood. So yeah. that really came in, like Uranus bringing in the new, okay, caring really matters. And 24, which we spoke about at length on the last podcast, this gate of return and rationalizing. With Pluto in gate 61, of course, this was creating globally the channel of awakening. So new ways of thinking about, I mean, basically everything. Yeah. All the, all the old dog, dogma was up for reevaluation. But of course, Karen Curry Parker calls 24 the gate of blessings. Again, an understanding about blessings in disguise. Yeah. So that was what was happening kind of at the, the, the outer level, at the higher level. Um, and then, I mean, I won't talk about Jupiter and uh, Saturn because they were moving there was too much going on, but that's setting the frame. So now yeah. we can use that information to look forward. What is What are those planets doing in 2022 and beyond? Pluto is in gate 60, in the root, gate of uh, the acceptance of limitation, chaos, mutative change. We spoke about this, I think, on the February or maybe the March episode where we were talking about uh, limitations of housing, 
remember that conversation where it was really obvious to you how limiting your housing was loads of other people got in contact with me and said same same my living situation is really limiting me it's basically in the roots so it's about your roots which aspect of where your roots are or were is limiting you that continues you know Pluto is in there till early 2025 so we've got a continuation of acceptance of limitations or the mutative energy to change the the limitations particularly in the root area um yeah so that that's kind of setting the background theme in the same way i love that 61 saying change your thinking change your viewpoint change your perspective change what is true for you as a belief it's now at the other end of the channel in the root saying and now change your circumstances yeah I think that's really powerful and I've got to admit like us doing the, you know, trip around Australia last year, like I feel like every second person I know is doing it now, you know, like people are redefining the way that they live. Even the school that our kids or the schools that our kids go to now, it's really like like it's so weird because it's almost like it's transient. They're super fine with people going on holiday or traveling somewhere and coming back and there I I can see it where we're living where people are definitely choosing to live a new way they really are yeah so we've got a couple more years of that with Pluto bring it on Um, Neptune is now concentrated just in gate 36 so before it was kind of in and out between 22 and 36 it's concentrated now in 36 until I think it's got two years, maybe. I'll have to check. But definitely for this year, it's it's all about 36. So Neptune dissolving, it's watery. So dissolving the old through the emotional crisis, of course, 36, emotional gate, very watery, probably a lot of tears. It's all good, though. Um, Mm. In quantum human design language, Karen Curry-Parker calls this the gate of exploration. My power just went down. I'm back. Sorry. And she's back. Um, Um. she calls it the gate of exploration and it's about a willing i think it's about a willingness to stay with the emotional shattering process even if you're bored of it to see what treasures it might yet reveal like i'm I, we're not done with that yet mm-hmm. um and i had this little image as i was reflecting on this this image came to mind of like a like an old school pirate treasure map with an x marks the spot mm-hmm. and it's like we're we're digging and we've been digging and we continue to dig. And it's like, don't give up until you find the treasure. I think Neptune is basically saying, keep digging, keep going. There is buried treasure there. You've just got to keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've got to admit, like, I just, I just have to have my five cents on the, the, the 36 sure. because, sure. you know, it's a player in my chart. It's um, definitely something that I know when I first learnt um, and it's in my Jupiter as well. Um, and when I first learned about it, I was like, oh, God, really? Um, but one of the great gifts of this gate is resiliency. It's this ability to, like now I definitely, you know, skip into challenge almost. I'm like, this is going to be a fun adventure. This is really cool. Um, because one of the things that it has taught me fundamentally is I've got this you know, I've got this, this is okay. Um, and especially being an emotional, emotionally defined person, you know, even if I'm in my emotional wave and my ego is driving, 
Um, you know, they were the times that perhaps I didn't you know, potentially treat myself the way I deserve to be treated or I wasn't compassionate with myself or any of those things. However, the gate 36 has really taught me that re- resiliency, like, nah, don't even believe those stories. Not even that. Like you have so got this. It mightn't feel like it. It might feel this density of emotion. It might feel hard. It might feel of those things, but you have so got this. And I really feel like that's where the world's going because when we come from this place of I've got this, the crisis diminishes, the the event or the challenge shrinks. Um, you know, the the shitty relationship isn't as shitty because all of a sudden we realize like, oh my goodness, I actually do have a say here and I can choose um, my emotional response. I can choose um, the stories, the meaning, all of those things. So I think the gate 36 is a really powerful steward for where we're going because it's teaching us how to feel from a taking responsibility of our emotion um, feel it, process it, experience it, but not to let it over overwhelm us or use it to connect through drama or you know other unresourceful things. So yeah, I love the thirty six. I think it's it's powerful. It's a powerful gate. Yeah, I I, I mean a hundred percent, a hundred percent with what you're saying. And I'm not particularly emotionally defined. I've only got gate six defined in the emotional center, but of course have all the chart and I am also learning these 36 lessons and I've spent many years of my life terrified of emotion you know and repressed repressing it and and avoiding it at all costs and now that I'm much more fluid with it and increasingly becoming more fluid with it and willing to feel and willing to feel I think I can't remember exactly you might know if the gene key city city expression is compassion I suspect it might be yep yep and, and this is what the compassion arises out of. It's as soon as we stop judging everyone for their ability or inability to handle whatever's going on within within them, and we just have compassion for, wow, that must be challenging. It transforms everything, yeah. you know? And I feel like that, like you say, we are moving towards a global society where compassion is our first response rather than judgment. Oh my God, I just watched this Greg Braden thing and I was thinking of you where they're literally starting to be able to map compassion. Like all of these, these existence of, um, you know, like alpha, delta, gamma, and they've now discovering all these other levels of brain waves um, through these monks. And the monks, they're like, we can't go to whatever this next level is. That's impossible. And the monks are like, actually we can and they keep doing this over and over again and what they've actually worked out is it's literally the emotion of compassion that takes us and takes them to this mm-hmm. experience where you know like up until studying these particular monks we thought it was impossible to actually experience these states and one of the things i thought was so interesting was understanding like what really is compassion And compassion is that, you know, like empathy is where we're feeling it. Um, Sympathy is where we're at some point taking responsibility, like we're holding onto it. But compassion is we're present with it with no identification with the outcome, you know. So that person, like they can just sit with that person. And I'm I'm like, this is 
fucking amazing. I think it's amazing that they're really starting to map the power of this thing that we've, like we've heard um, Buddhists talk about compassion forever, but this to me, loving the science and and like how they're, they're measuring this, I think it is incredibly powerful. And it, it just is that ability to feel with total surrender, with no identification to what that means for the monk, for the other person, for, oh, I was just in awe of it. And I was watching it and I was thinking about you and I forgot to message you and now I've shared it with you. It's so freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, this is it. This is the reason why I'm, I do what I do and I'm obsessed with what I'm obsessed with because yeah. when you actually study the teachings of not just Buddhism but also the yogic practices and the Siddic states, you realise how unbelievably limited our current expression of humanity is and it's like the buddhists are like this isn't news guys we've been doing this for thousands of years yeah <laughs> like sure go ahead and prove it with science but millions of people throughout the his- history of these practices have achieved these states and testified yeah this is possible yes you yes yes consciousness is creating materiality yes we can you know if we master our minds and we master our energy pretty much anything is possible so yeah I love it I just love it and I just think it's so um it just I don't know like it's just the beauty of it the beauty of even the like there's so much to learn like these the the, this anyway we've got to get back to the the topic but I just think (laughs) it's so yeah I just love it I just love it and I love the way like you say like it's almost like these um, traditions have been sitting here just gently tapping their fingers on the desk, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we've got this. Oh, you think that's not possible? Actually, you're not even close to what's possible, which, of course, for me, the big thing that it opens up for me is like, shit, like we weren't even in the ballpark of what was possible. And this, you know, this guy with a giggle on his face is like, oh, no, I can do better than that. Oh, no, I can do better than that. Oh, what else is possible, you know, if we can experience these brain states that are categorically not possible what else is really categorically not possible possible you know that's so cool yeah it's a love it yeah amazing so yeah so that's we've we have kind of digressed onto a massive tangent let me pull myself back into what we're doing we're talking about the global order we've got neptune and gate 36 dissolving through emotional awareness and compassion um Uranus bringing in the new is bringing in gate two, the receptive, pure yin, the earth, gate of the direction of the self. So we're all getting this new personal direction to follow, one that doesn't strive or push or need to make things happen. What does gate two do? It receives abundance from the sacral through gate 14. So we have to learn how to do that. We all have to learn how to just relax and receive. Um. I guess like a tiny personal example. I had a client ask me this question the other day. She was like, how do you market yourself? I'm like, I don't do that. I receive. Like I just, you know, I don't strive. I don't try to get more. I I, I don't. It's, it's not part of the way that I think this works. My only question to myself is how can I be more of service and more helpful uh, and more in alignment and more authentic? And more rested and more peaceful like these are the questions I'm asking myself not how can I 
get more from a capitalist framework. And I feel like this is very much the energy of gate two. It's like you align yourself with what is actually important. And if hopefully you've spent two years clarifying what's actually important for you and then let Uranus bring it in through gate two, let yourself receive not what your mind thinks you should have necessarily, but what is rightfully yours what could not be taken away from you because it was given to you you know if we are trying too hard and striving to get all this stuff that the mind wants we have to work very hard to uphold it with our willpower if you relax and receive what is rightfully yours it ain't going anywhere a hundred percent a hundred percent and I love this story I love this story because I feel like this podcast this thing that we do every month is such evidence for the way we're designed to work, the way projectors are designed to work. You know, like you didn't have a vision of how you wanted to succeed. I was inspired and I wanted a freaking transits podcast and I knew that I wasn't the person to do it. So I just fucking threw an invitation out, a question. It wasn't even a clear anything. And within that invitation, the magic happened and you're absolutely right you know like this is just as much your podcast this this episode every month is just as much yours as it is mine and you're absolutely right like you don't strive you don't force you don't have the the goals like I have to achieve this and that um just in the same way that like there is a part of me because of the connection we made really early on that I always knew I wanted to work with you and and then I get to fucking sit here and learn and listen and be a part of this each month um, and hang out with you. And I think this is this is what I want people to see. I, like this is what alignment looks like. I mean, my podcast is a very similar story. You know, if I just turn up and do me, do you know, the moment I try too hard in my podcast, I lose my confidence. I lose my confidence. Like I have to be messy. I have to turn up. I have to just say whatever comes out of my mouth. The moment I try to prepare for a guest, I interviewed a guest guest this week. I'm literally going to reach out to them and say, can we re-record that? Because I tried too hard. I wasn't me. I wasn't myself. So I think that what you just said about gay too, and every fucking person listening, especially projectors, like this is your expander. This, this is how it works when you take care of your rest, take care of the things that are important to you, align to your values and trust, um, you know, and be open to receive. Yeah, yeah, it's magic. It's actual. It's actual magic. It's so beautiful, and it, and like I said, because it came effortlessly through all the correct channels, like you say, the correct invitation, the correct response from you. It, it feels like we didn't force this, so mm-hmm. it just flowers beautifully all by itself. It's like a garden, you know. I just we just water it occasionally, and, yeah. and it blooms for us. It's beautiful. Exactly. We're the custo- we're, we're the custodians, but yeah. we just yeah. have to turn up for it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the outer planets are doing. Because we've, we're looking at a quite narrow window, we're looking at June now. The planets, the middle planets, Jupiter and Saturn, anchoring those energies in. So they are in, Jupiter is moving, it's been in gate 25 all of May. It's just about to move into gate 17. Saturn is, has been in gate 30 already all throughout May. It's going to go retrograde in May uh, in June. So Saturn is creating restrictions, boundaries, limitations. It's kind of fencing us in a bit, structure. Saturn was in gate 30, like I said, all through May. And the shadow of gate 30 is desire. 
So it's likely, <laughs> watching you have a space, it's likely that you realize that some of your desires, fantasies, imagination, expectations, whatever, are not serving you and are actually restricting you or limiting you. The limitations of desire is what Saturn is bringing into our awareness. If we mm. look at the uh, gift kind of, uh, gift and city expressions are rapture and lightness. Um, sometimes, although rapture and lightness are lovely states, it may be one of the main, if we're looking at it from a Saturnian perspective, our desire for rapture and lightness might actually be stopping us from doing the work that Neptune is perhaps inviting through gate 36, for example. So if we didn't realize it yet, Saturn's about to go retrograde through gate 30. So no doubt we will get clarity on the desire that is limiting us or restricting us right now. Oh, I feel like you just actually nailed May for me. Hashtag unmet expectations. Hashtag unmet expectations. Um, thought, uh, hashtag thought I wanted it. Actually, I don't. Yeah, far out. <laughs> so hopefully everyone listening is having the same sort of aha moment where that Emma's having like, oh, that desire is really limiting me. It is. Those are my expectations. That fantasy that I had about the way life was going to be, it ain't going to be like that. And it's actually stopping me from stepping forward. Yeah. Had, Jupiter, Jupiter was in 25 all of May. So it was bringing us this abundance of the spirit of the self, which may have been informing that. In June, it's moving into gate 17, which is an abundance of, an expansion of opinions. It's called the following in the I Ching. We spoke about it on the March podcast. Whose opinions are you following? If the answer isn't my own, uh, you might want to consider if you're going to get to the end. I like to do these like very dramatic end of life reflections. Will I get to the end of my life and think, wow, I'm so glad I listened to other people's opinions so much. I'm really glad I followed the crowd and didn't walk my own path. So my suspicion is that Jupiter is going to bring us this like this heightened awareness, this abundance of possibly uh un like unresourceful opinions that we don't want to be following but also maybe new opinions that we do want to follow new opinions that do feel expansive for us and in alignment with whatever it is that we you know we've got this this dilemma between letting go of what you thought you wanted and allowing perhaps something new that is actually more in alignment so yeah. to summarize Sorry, do you want to comment? I'm just going to say there's that quote that one of the girls on Purpose and Abundance brought, and it's one of her favourite quotes, and it was in something that I recommended to her. Let me see if I can. Um, You have to be willing to let go of the life you thought you wanted Mm. so that you can actually receive the life you came here to live, something like that, that energy. And that, like, I've literally been with clients all month, even, you know, myself, that that moment of, oh, uh, you know, I need to let go of that particular vision and realign to whatever is waiting for me, you know, back to that gate two to conversation, the receivership. Yeah, mm. yeah it's, it's big. It takes a lot of out-breaths in my personal experience. It takes a lot of like, 
oh, like I really have to let go of this, don't I? Like it's got to go. Yeah. 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 And it's bittersweet and it's kind of sad, you know, but it ultimately we have to be willing to, otherwise we, we will not be able to align to what yeah. the universe really wants from us. Yeah, and I have this inkling because I know that it's part of the way I see it. Like the thing we have to let go of is actually anchored into comparison, you know. It's the thing that we look at everyone else and say, well, they did it this way or they have this or I should have that. You know, the thing that we have to let go of is that need to be like everyone else or that belief that that's the way it's done. Um, so that we can fully step into our truth, that this is the way it's done. And, you know, yeah, like a large part of this whole journey for me, like this month has been so dense and what's the thing I'm taking out of May? Like lighten up, have fun. You know, if it's not fun, don't do it. And, you know, the workaholic in me is like, oh, no, that feels really uncomfortable. But when I have fun and I lighten up and I make a mess and I tell the truth and I'm authentic, Life is sweet, but the moment I try to be all organized entrepreneur, look at me go, look at me fly, I'm neat and tidy, I've got all my shit worked out, like, uh-uh, that shit doesn't fly. It doesn't work for me and it makes me fucking miserable because I don't want to be that human. So I think that that's also a part of what people are going through, like let go of the comparison, let go of you putting yourself next to somebody else and thinking that's who I need to be, that's what I need to have, that's what I need to create and just get messy, see what turns up. Yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. It's so hard sometimes because oh, my observation is that other people generally experience something that is really beneficial for them in their life that really works for them and that makes them really happy and then they project it onto everyone else and assume that's the only formula for happiness I think for me that's what I experienced a lot of that self like my my kind of fairy tale vision for how life should be and what will make me happy is part of this collective projection and I have to be willing to absolutely burn it to the ground yeah because it's not in alignment actually with some aspect of me it's almost like I have these operating instructions inside of me that I'm not aware of but some part of me is keeping me in alignment with and protecting me and being like no no you don't get that you don't get that because none of that is going to work yeah 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 Yeah. I resonate yeah so I want to just summarize because I often get messages from people saying oh my god the podcast I have to like pause and rewind and go back and write notes so all of that thing that I just talked about with the great secret order I'm going to summarize in a paragraph great and i'll be quiet <laughs> best so, i can you, you can be quiet for a paragraph i think Emmett. <laughs> so if we have realized the limitation pluto in gate 60 and we're taking time to reconnect to our own emotions compassion and feelings neptune in gate 36 to reclaim our relationship with our body and the earth uranus in gate two We will get clarity over what desires are restricting us, Saturn in gate 30, and what opinions are abundantly expanding us, Jupiter in gate 17. So then we're aware of the program. We're aware of the program. Congratulations. You are a card-carrying puppet of the planets. Welcome to the club. (laughs) You you officially see the matrix. (laughs) Yeah. 
Love it. So good. So good. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, I love this, the, the outer planet piece. I think it's really cool. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to pop it in my diary as well and just, you know, reverse engineer as we get there. I think this is really cool. Love it. Yeah, wonderful. So that thank awesome. you. Thank you for being in chair. We made it through Emma Mercury Retrograde did not stop us, although it tried really hard with a lot of technical yeah. issues at the beginning. It certainly <laughs> it did, through. but we did it. We made it through. And um, yeah, I'm super glad that May is coming to an end. And I'm really excited. I'm feeling good about June. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. So thank you so much for all of your uh beautiful work, Jenny. This has been amazing. And thank you, everyone, for joining the both of us. We've enjoyed bringing this to you and um, have an awesome June. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also bonus points could you leave a review for me as well on apple it would be greatly appreciated if at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast by all means get on my socials and dm me everything you need is there in the show notes have an awesome day bye for now